I have to say that with him and Mr Goldsmith, their inheritance tax policy seems to have been dreamed up on the playing fields of Eton. Hello, my name's John Dennis. Today, the playing fields of Eton are now a political battleground as the parties gear up for a general election. Does class matter? We'll hear from the streets of London. It certainly is in this country. I think it's so much better now, but I think it's how you're brought up. How risky a strategy is it for Labour to cast the Conservatives as the party of wealth and privilege? Are the Tories rattled by any of this? We'll hear from a plain-speaking Yorkshireman who's also the chairman of the Conservative Party. I'm Murray Pickles, and you're listening to Guardian Daily. Guardian Daily with John Dennis on guardian.co.uk. It's Friday the 11th of December. My guests today are Tom Clark, Guardian leader writer, and columnist Madeline Bunting. Madeline, is Labour wise to use this line of attack on the Tories? Well, politics is a grubby old business and I think you probably have to go for whatever angle you can do. I think it's entirely appropriate that we interrogate the background of whoever we're going to vote for. So I think, yeah, roll on. Tom? I think in the happy days when Labour was looking at getting 45% of the vote and winning a big majority, it didn't want to offend the middle class by using this kind of rhetoric. Now it's sunk so low, I think it needs to shore up its base and this is the way to do it. Well, does class matter? We put that question in two different parts of London. First, Brixton. It certainly is in this country. Well, why do you think it's important? I don't know about it being important, but uh, it certainly is uh, about. Definitely not, no. no. Absolutely. Yeah, well, what, what, I mean, you're do you, from The Guardian. I am from The Guardian, yeah. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But, uh, OK. <laughs> yeah, so checking, he's checking to see if my, I look like a normal human being, well, which I can assure you I do. Yeah. But do you think that, does it worry you that politicians from privileged backgrounds might be just out to protect their own interests? I don't think they particularly serve the interests of their constituents if they've been kind of brought up in a a kind of a different class from them. I mean, a lot of people say they speak for the people, but whether they truly do. I mean, whether you need empathy because you've come from the same background or whether you can truly kind of understand and believe what somebody's gone through, I don't know. Not necessarily. I mean, some people could be from upper class, but yet they might help the poorer, you know? So it really depends on the individual. No, as long as he can do the job, it doesn't make any difference. But you don't think he'll be out just to sort of protect people like himself? No. Uh, and what about bankers? Do you think they should be getting big bonuses? Definitely not. <laughs> so you, you, so right, so you, you're not that bothered about politicians and what background they're from, but you, but, but bankers getting bonuses. What, why are you concerned about that? And they're just greedy. To me, I mean, it's, it's everybody's money that they're using. It's not theirs. Well, that's the views of people in Brixton. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go on the tube up to Sloan Square, find out what people think about class there. Okay, so now I'm on Sloan Street on the corner of Sloan Square, uh, the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea, uh, where, well, let's see if we do see here a different story. Excuse me, madam, I'm from The Guardian. I'm just trying to find out what people think about class. Uh, is class? That, yeah, is that something you've got an opinion on at all? Yes. What, what do you think? I feel that... Um it's something that was very strong in England, but I think it's so much better now. But I think it's how you're brought up. If you go to speak with a certain accent and then you meet people that don't, you feel a bit shy, I think. Why bother? 
Why, why bother thinking about it? Yeah. Well, we've just got the. Um, we're potentially going to get uh, David Cameron as a prime minister. He went had a very privileged background, and uh, you know, I guess it is a thing that uh, a lot of people are thinking about at the moment. Uh, so did Harriet Harman, Jack Straw, Michael Meacher. True, do true. I, do I need to go on? I think I have this awful fear that it's something that other people think is terribly important. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Does it bother you that uh, social mobility, the gap between rich and poor, has sort of remained pretty static? Or um, I don't know if it really has, has it? Um, yeah, uh, it has. Has yeah. it really? Yeah. I thought people on more benefits than ever and, you know. Yeah, benefits suck. No, they shouldn't give people benefits. Why? Why? Wait, what are they? They're capable of working. Yeah, if they're capable of working, that's what I meant, yeah. But what if they can't find work? I mean, with, the, with this rising unemployment well, at the can't moment. I work, and I'm a retard. Have so you just started working in the King's Road, and every shop we walk past says looking for full-time employment, so... Of course someone can do it, as long as they don't try and dress nice and stuff. And then they, like, sit there with their dogs, and then they try and get, you know, people to feel sorry for them, but no, I think it's hideous. And it's our money anyway that they get, isn't it? Class differences alive and well there on the streets of Chelsea and in Brixton. Tom, back in May, Labour lost the Crewe and Nantwich by-election to the Tories. Um, at the time, many commentators put Labour's defeat down to its attempts to paint the Conservative candidate Edward Timpson as a toff. So why is Labour, again, focusing on class? Well, the Timpson stuff didn't really work because if you had someone like that last woman we just heard, who's so off the planet that... You know, she would be able to be ridiculed as someone who was walking around in a top hat. That would that would have credibility. But just because someone's been to private school, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're going to be that soft a target. And so you have to do it with a bit of subtlety. We're getting more of it now, I think, for some fairly valid reasons, which is at the top of the Conservative Party, there's a small clique of people who have not just been to good schools, but so many of them have been to one school, and that's Eton. So I'm not thinking just of David Cameron, but I'm also thinking of his chief of staff, Ed Llewellyn, the chief economic advisor for George Osborne, Boris Johnson, the mayor of London, George Young, who just missed out on being the speaker, and we could go on. Madeleine, do you agree with that? Well, I don't think this is just about Eton. I think it's about this, you know, age-old story of class in Britain, which it's interesting listening to those commentators, because there is a section of British society that are like to deny it. They think class is a sort of historical issue and doesn't really matter anymore. Well, dream on, you know, it's so interesting how difficult, it's a neuralgic subject for the British, actually, because basically class has never gone away. We never had a revolution. We've never actually managed to dismantle that system of deeply ingrained cultural and economic power, which is embedded in the English class system. And you know it's operating all the time all the time. But you have to kind of open your eyes and open your ears and really pick up on it because it happens in so many subtle ways. And is it evident in the Tory party? Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, you can guess nine times out of ten where people are likely to vote as soon as you've managed to clock roughly where the class background is. Class and political votes still have a relationship. It's not as cast iron as it was perhaps in the 1950s, but it's still there. So the idea that this bunch of, you know, very well-educated very, very privileged Tories are poised to, to, you know, possibly take power, I think is an extraordinary evidence of the stagnation of any kind of effort to dismantle the English class system. It's back. It's back with a vengeance. And, you know, it never really went away. Although we, we haven't really heard about it for a long time. Peter Mandelson said, of course, in 1998 that the new Labour government was intensely relaxed about people getting filthy rich. Has that now changed? Well, you know, that phrase has been used to hang Peter Mandelson, and rightly so. I mean, I think that's not so much about class, actually. It's about, you know, that was about incredible plutocracy, which was, 
invited into the UK. It distorted our property market. It has led us down a road to ruin, which I think many, many people in the Labour Party, at every level of the Labour Party, now bitterly regret that attitude that somehow extreme wealth at the top end was, was not a problem. I don't think that's actually about class. Class is a much more pervasive issue. This plutocracy, which is very evident in parts of London, is, is you know, a sort of cherry on the cake, if you like. But I do think there's, there's something that comes together with these two things. So there's the kind of Bernard Shaw wrote that class is a combination of money and the age of money. And I still think that's roughly right. So you get people at the top of the class system saying, oh, he's the kind of chap who had to inherit his furniture, so had to buy his furniture rather than inheriting it. But really, it is still about money. It's just how long the money's been around in the family. And so when you have what we've had in the last 30 years, which is a really giant runaway wealth at the top of society and stagnation down at the bottom end, then I think that in subtle ways, not the ways we used to before, but you do see class divides reinforced. Well, how vulnerable are the Conservatives to Labour's class war? Eric Pickles is the Tory party chairman and from a working class background to boot. Yeah, the nation's changed a fair old bit. We we enjoy the same kind of things. Uh, People want to get on. We're an aspirational nation. And I really think that uh, Labour's sort of harking back, because most of them themselves are, are pretty damn posh. I mean, their principal contact with poor people is reading George Orwell and going through the uh, ragged trouser philanthropist. So they're pretty much out of touch with what reality is like out there. But although we might have a lot in common in terms of aspirations and so on, um, there are sort of differences in society. 7% of people from private schools still get the best jobs in the professions, in universities, medicine, dare I say journalism. And that's been the case for a long time. What's the Conservative Party going to do about that, if anything? We believe in, uh, in uh, people that uh, are meritocracy, people are rising, but I mean, you've got to look at the present uh, cabinet. Significant number of them uh, were privately educated, uh, and I don't, think they, I don't think we should really look down our noses at people just because they had the misfortune to go to Eton. Is the Conservative Party worried about this, though? Because it was pointed out earlier this week by my colleague Polly Toynbee that the party's been hiding the details of the privately educated members of the Shadow Cabinet from the Conservative Party website. The only members of the Shadow Cabinet whose schools are mentioned are those people like yourself who, who went to a state school. Well, I had the, I had the great pleasure of, uh, of, of taking uh, a Polly Toynbee around a crew with me a few years ago, and she was indeed testing out this very theory on the electorate, and uh, the result thereof was a substantial win for the Conservative. I don't think people really care anymore what school someone's goes So it's not from where you come, it's what, what you're capable of doing and what you can add to society. But if they don't care, then if you don't care, then why aren't these um, privately educated members of the Shadow Cabinet's schools on the Conservative Party website? Uh, certainly in just about every uh, standard uh, biography of all the Shadow Cabinet. I mean, I'm not responsible for typing uh, these things up sometimes. Uh, I've now had a look at my biography on the, um, uh, on, on the website and, uh, well, I'm pretty damned impressed, really. Do you think that um, you'll need to convince the electorate that your policies are not just going to help the privileged. I'm thinking particularly of the inheritance tax. You know, we're seeing um, the Conservative Party promising large cuts in public spending. At the same time, you know, the inheritance tax is going to benefit some wealthy people, just a few people. I mean, the inheritance tax is, is not a priority for the first budget or indeed for the second budget. It's something we'd hope we can do within the first parliament. 
As you will have heard, uh, George Osborne's first priority of, of the Labour's attack on the poor, which is, is uh, increasing national insurance, anybody earning above uh, £20,000, that's going to be our first priority to try and see if we have uh, sufficient room to stop that happening. Do, do you think that the class system is alive and well in this country? It's as dead as a doornail. I mean, when you can get um, um, a product of the working class, like that wonderful man, John Prescott, leaning against his uh, croquet lawn and his grace and favour house. I mean, all is well with the world. I, I felt a great swelling inside my bosom to see that great man there. Admittedly, it did look a little like the last page of Animal Farm, but nevertheless, I'm prepared to overlook that. Eric Pickles, who claims to be a Guardian Daily listener. Hello, Eric. Um, Tom, well, he says the class system's dead as a doornail. It's remarkable, isn't it? Because uh, his leader and uh, George Osborne and all the rest of them spend a lot of their time bemoaning the so-called um, decline in social mobility. Now, I'm not sure whether that's happening or not. That's the idea that people get stuck at the station in life where they started out from. Um, but if it is happening, they can't have it both ways and say the class system's dead. Do you think that the tightening in the polls that we've seen over the last couple of weeks is down at all, can be attributed to Labour's class war tactics? Well, I think what happened over the last year is that Labour sunk below what we thought was bedrock Labour support. Uh, If you think back to the Glasgow East by-election a year or so ago, it was really people who've always voted Labour and probably almost felt genetically programmed to vote Labour were no longer voting Labour because they didn't know what it stood for anymore. Uh, and I think if we're seeing a slight shoring up in Labour's position, I think that's because attacking bankers' bonuses and one or two of these other things, new high rates of income tax and so on, people can sort of see, even if they're not transforming the world, which they're certainly not, that they're giving some gentle signals of the of the way they think things should be uh, rearranged. Madeline, we heard Eric Pickles there slightly sort of downgrade the um, inheritance tax policy uh, from the position that we that they had a year or so ago, um, where it was being trumpeted as a great triumph when George Osborne announced it. I mean, do you think the Tories will have to sort of change any of their policies um, in order to kind of neutralise this class war tactic of Labour's? Well, I think that's a very good question, and at the moment they're in the stage of just dismissing it all and batting it away. I think as the polls narrow, you know, as Tom's describing, they may get rattled. So at the moment they're accusing Labour of being rattled, but what happens when they start to feel that actually some of this is hitting home? You know, my feeling is it will, because I don't think this is really just about education. You know, I think the thing about Eton, well, that's one bit of the puzzle, but the thing that really struck me reading a biography of Cameron was how many points in his life, and in fact, every single point he needed a job, you know, he was looking for a job, he had the intervention of various adult mentor figures or contacts to step in and help him get that job. Mystery people in the palace even, wasn't it? Even Buckingham Palace, apparently. Somebody at Buckingham Palace helped him get his first ever job. So what the picture that you that gets painted actually is you know the education is just a small part of it the point is at every point and do- junction of his life he's had help to make it go very very smoothly so when pickles talks about meritocracy as he did in his interview you know your jaw just drops is it meritocratic if somebody from an extremely good school like st paul's as as in osborne or eton as in cameron get to the top no there's so much helping them to get up there so meritocracy i think is just completely the wrong wrong word here and you know where it really really kind of makes my heart sink is that first lady talking in chelsea in the, you know in your interviews where she said they can get jobs there's lots of jobs all along the king's road <laughs> and the contempt she had they those guys 
with their yeah. dogs. Not much good if you live in Swindon and the car plants just closed down. Uh, or Teesside, where Chorus is packing up. A life of privilege breeds in you disdain for those who don't operate their lives like you do. That's the whole part of the whole package. And that's so what you is can so, justify your own You justify success. your privilege. Yeah, exactly. Justify your own success. You know, I've worked hard for it. Well, you may have done, but you started out with a fantastic toolbox. Uh, and it's that contempt and disdain that I saw for 18 years under the Tories. And it really, really makes my heart sink. What, because we've also had in the last couple of weeks the Zach Goldsmith revelations about him. He's the Conservative candidate for Richmond Park, an environmentalist, advisor to David Cameron. Revelations that he was registered with the Inland, Inland Revenue as a non-dom. Tom, do you think that's been uh, harmful to the Tories? Well, I think all this stuff is, is is a bit harmful, yeah. I think in an environment now after the banking crisis where you're hearing even people who say they're not bothered about class as such are bothered about money and uh, a sense that people aren't paying their fair share or somehow gaming gaming the system for their own advantage. So, I, I, and I, you know, the two things do go together because I say in the end, I think class does come back to money. And so... Uh, I think this makes the whole issue a lot more raw than it otherwise would be. In terms of um, uh, Zach Goldsmith and, and, and the whole kind of Eton club, if we can call it that, rather than class, they're very visible. That makes them more politically vulnerable. We see pictures of them in the Bullingdon Club and so on, and people sort of say, these guys look like they're from another age. On the other hand, they can always hit back, as Eric Pickles just did, by saying, we know Harriet Harman's quite posh and a lot of people in the Labour Party as well. And that's true. You know, the Tories are visibly posher, but... The parliament as a whole is posher than it should be, given, given what the country looks like. It doesn't look like the country. And shouldn't we ultimately be judging the Conservatives on their policy, though, Madeline, rather than their background? Well, you know, th- this is the way politics has developed, that character is really crucial. And that in an age where actually on policy, you know, there are differences, but they're quite small. We've, we've gone beyond the sort of party of ideologies. There's, a, there's three parties that are really fighting it out in the centre ground. So actually, it's really, really hard to build up a big sense of public debate and all the rest of it about the policies, although there are really significant differences, I would argue. But inevitably, character and the, the, the kind of personality of these political figures comes centre focus. And I think we're absolutely right to be interrogating the character of Cameron because I feel actually in 97 we didn't do it enough of Blair and it was precisely aspects of his character that led to really kind of, you know, monumental policy blunders. Now, you know, if we'd really been analysing that characteristic closely enough, perhaps we'd have been more wary of that fresh-faced young man in 97 but I mean, there are. That's absolutely right. But as well as that, there's there are specific things that we do know about on policy, aren't there? Like the inheritance tax. There, you saw, I think, in that clip, Eric Pickles just wriggling a little bit, saying, "Well, you know, obviously, we didn't mean to do that in in the first budget, and maybe not the second budget." There's a kind of um, clear statement that, in principle, they'd like to get rid of the top rate of 50p tax. They said it's not, you know, the first priority because they realised that would be electoral suicide. But they said, you know, we 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 believe in the, in in the long term, this is a bad policy and there's various other things they've said on on business taxes and so on where you can sort of say yes this does relate back to the fact that they circulate with well-to-do people and um who you circulate with probably does affect what policies you'll come up with tom's got a very good point i mean the, the couple married couples tax allowance that cameron has talked about now the problem is this doesn't really stack up as a policy yet because we still don't quite know what it consists of but he repeatedly states and i was on an event on monday where he said it directly to a single mother in front of him who had raised two kids very successfully he says to her there will be a penalty in the tax system for single mothers like you and you just think you know (laughs) why and she's saying to me the poor single mother is saying hang on let me get this straight just because I haven't found Mr Wright you're going to penalise me 
and Cameron, you know, overcome with embarrassment, well, you know, we really care about education. I mean, he just tried to dodge it. Do you think that Labour will carry on with this line of attack? Yeah, I think if they can feel that it's helping them kind of narrow the gap, they will. And I think Tom's right that it's got to be subtly done. I don't think playing fields of Eton is going to quite you know, last as a line. But I think what does last is that this is a group of individuals who are immensely privileged. If you come from that kind of background, you, you cannot have insight into the sorts of circumstances that lead people to have very broken, frustrated, difficult lives, which is, after all, what is so important to the welfare state, that understanding, that insight into what poverty really means. Tom, do you think Labour will continue? I think they'll do it intermittently, because I think if they did it all the time, people would say, you've run out of ideas, you've run out of steam, so now you're just having a go at him for being posh, which, you know, would be would be a weak line of attack if that was the only thing. But if they... I mean, a big part of the... In the run-up to 1997... Uh, they played the card more subtly by kind of making the point that actually our kids go to the same school that your kids do, to the electorate, and it's not true on the other side. And I think that the electorate's got a real interest in that. And if they do it from time to time and make sure they mix it with enough positive messages, they can keep it up. Tom, Madeline, many thanks for joining us. Phil Maynard was the producer of today's edition of Guardian Daily. My name's John Dennis. Thanks for listening.